what you're yelling for Lay back, it's all been done before And if you could only let it be You would see I like you the way you are When we're driving in your car And you're talking to me one-on-one -on -one, But you become somebody else Around everyone else You're watching your back Like you can't relax You're trying to be cool You look like a fool to me Tell me Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? I see the way you're acting like you're somebody else Gets me frustrated Life's like this You fall and you crawl and you break And you take what you get And you turn it into Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it Now, now, now How are you doing, guys? It's been a while since... Uh, I kind of actually am recording my the, the next episode of my podcast. Thank you for listening, guys. This is more class. So bring the Just a Nobody podcast episode. Uh, I don't really remember the number of this podcast, but I'm really excited to be back. Hope you guys are really doing well uh, because I'm kind of okay. It, it was nice to take a break uh, from, uh, you know, what do you call it? The uh, a summer break uh, from recording a podcast. So I think now everything's going to be back uh, to normal. Uh, hope you had a good summer because it's almost uh, fall and it's pretty It's pretty much getting cold and I hate it. I hate Like, you know, people say, oh, I love the fall. It's it's wonderful. Like, it feels so good, etc. But I, I bloody hate the fall. And, I, and because it remi it's a reminder, you know, that, hey, man, winter's coming. It's because of that I don't like it, you know. I, I like spring. Because uh, spring is a time which, when uh, when the whole earth is telling you basically that hey man, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be summer very soon. It's gonna be nice and warm. You don't need to wear those. You don't need to wear those jackets and all anymore. You know. So that's the beauty about spring. But when it's a fall, it's like oh my god, now it's gonna get cold. You gotta layer up. You gotta wear your gloves. You could have to wear those hats and those whatevers and stuff like that. I hate it. But whatever it is, I just have one problem also. Like, why is fall called fall, you know? Uh, like, just because leaves are falling, you call it fall, then, then in, in that case, you got to call summer heat or spring green or winter snow. Because if uh, if you're calling uh, a entire an entire weather entire quarter, you know, uh, as something based on what it does, like if you call fall fall because uh, leaves fall off, if you do do that, then I think all are even summer, even spring, and even uh, uh, what do you call it? Summer, spring, and which is the other one? summer spring and even winter needs to uh, get the names for what they do not like okay calling it autumn calling fall autumn makes sense but calling it fall like hey man cut up cut out that bullshit 
yeah so uh anyways i don't like actually i'm, I'm just i'm just angry because i hate this weather i hate it feeling cold i love spring i think that's my favorite if you would ask me okay hey mel what's your uh, what's your favorite weather it's definitely going to be spring because it's neither too hot like summer but at the same time it's it's nice it's a reminder that uh, it's getting it's getting better it's not getting colder like what fall does to us is like it's gonna get cold baby it's gonna get cold honey get ready it's gonna get cold honey 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 anyway um so um I have a few things that I want to talk about. Uh, basically, it's sad that uh, I thought, you know, I take a break and I'm going to be back from the break and the pandemic is going to get over. But hey, man, it's going to be nearly two years of this pandemic, of these the quarantines, this close downs and the shutdowns and this no large gatherings and stuff like that. It doesn't just get better. It just is uh, thank God it's not getting worse either. But at the same time, it's just is what it is. You know, like, uh, of course, we've got a vaccine. Yes, it, of course, we've got a vaccine, which is very good. Vaccines all around the world. People are taking it. Of course, we talked about that vaccine inequality. That is uh, not every country has access to va vaccines so of course that uh that that stuff is of course there but at the same time at least there are vaccines so that that is the only improvement we've made from uh from march 2019 that's that's the uh from march 2020 sorry that's the only improvement we have made since we kind of uh got into this pandemic mode you know uh, apart from that, everything else uh, just remains the same. But that's the biggest, uh, I think that's the biggest development, which is good. Uh, so while this pandemic is was going on, uh, we did see uh, the uh, two billionaires, which we t who we talked about, uh, um, Jeff Bezos and uh, Richard Branson, two great billionaires. Um, I have nothing against billionaires. I'm really happy that these guys... Uh, went from nobody to somebody and somebody really rich so they 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 became wealthy because uh you know because uh they were worth it basically i mean they, they worked hard you know so i have nothing against that like hey man you worked hard you made money you're a billionaire good for you i'm happy for you but hey man it's the pandemic and these guys, during a pandemic, they kind of arrange or make an entire uh, space visit for about six minutes. Like, I understand if you're going to space and you're doing a, a kind of a proper, you're going to go in orbit and kind of, uh, you know, do a proper visit of space. That's fine. But these guys, they, they had their own rockets. They built their own rockets and they take off into space for less than 10 minutes. They don't go into orbit just kind of go in there and then they're back like 10 minutes was the time frame that was given that they kind of actually went up then came back and I what I'm trying to say is hey you're a billionaire good for you but what like wh why do you have to really go I mean for about 10 minutes like what did you what did you achieve like what did you do like and then, then they call themselves what they call themselves astronauts like hey man 
you didn't even visit space you just went flicked and came back like what the hell like you can be an astronaut like you you the a common sense is if you've tra- you've traveled to a, you've traveled to a place if you'd had breakfast lunch and dinner these three meals at least that's that's my basic understanding at least have these three meals in space like at least stay for a day in the place that you're visiting like i can say i visited italy because i had breakfast there I had one lunch there and I had one dinner there and I can boldly say that I was there I visited the place because I got that time to be there and that's my basic kind of rule for anybody to say that they visited a place so same thing like this now these guys Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson they they've been to space for like and not even in orbit just been out there when shoot up uh when it was space got the zero gravity experience and came back in less than 10 minutes and they called themselves the a- a- astronaut i don't really get how they get that title really it doesn't just make sense uh so uh so that's crazy and then another thing about uh this billionaire uh, jeff bezos uh you know he is also uh he is also funding a research by a lab to make to make human immortal so that's his new research that he's been talking about um i think the guy has a lot of money and he's really investing into stuff uh like uh making humans immortal like the guy doesn't want to die ever but i think we all die right that's a basic understanding that we all come alone and we all go and die alone and we're all going to die someday but this guy jeff bezos no man he he has uh, he is funding a lab to unlock immortality to make everybody live for infinity maybe he'll start with himself now the technology that he is funding is basically called the biological reprogramming which is a method of rejuvenating cells that could be the key to immortality now uh, i don't really get it like you know you could do okay research finding medicines finding a vaccines for uh, coro- the coronavirus finding finding a cure for cancer and funding that kind of research or putting in money to end poverty in the world or something like that is really is the need of the hour it's something that be, is needed you know uh, because cancer is literally taking so many lives it's uh, and healthy people getting so bad uh which definitely needs a cure poverty no matter whether you're a rich country or whether you're a poor country or your label is a developing country or your label is a developed country poverty is all around the world whether you're rich so even rich countries are, have the poor even poor countries of course they call poor countries they have the poor so no matter who you are what are you called or what you, what label is of a particular nation poverty is all over the place and that has to end so hopefully uh what i was saying is if you're a billionaire and you are a billionaire and you want to kind of change the world like going to space for 6 minutes or funding a research uh that is uh, going to make that is going to make human immortal make humans immortal is like 
is not going to solve, is not going to do anything. I mean, it's, n it's not helping anybody because eventually we all are going to die, right? How, how can you, you're just going to reprogram uh, the DNA, the cells of people? Like, an, uh, like he was, uh, the explanation of this reprogramming is, you know, they're going to use the DNA of parents and, uh, you know, like the DNA of parents, like a mother and father. Uh, when, uh, when an embryo is formed, the the, uh, a, the child is born, which the child looks young. It's not, uh, you know, so they're going to use that technology. Now, when a baby is born, the baby looks, is young. It, the baby does not look old like the parents, although the parents' DNA were old. So that is the kind of technology that he wants to use. Um, uh, you know, and Jeff Bezos is especially, uh, he is, uh, I think he's very fascinated by staying young. Uh, for, like he wants to stay young forever. Like before this, he had invested in an anti-aging research in the past uh, for developing anti-aging therapies. So I don't know what, like this guy is fascinated about. He wants to look young. Not only look young, now he wants to also live forever. So that's what billionaires are thinking about. And I have nothing against them. Good for you. Like, you know, you're a billionaire and uh, you're making money and you went from nowhere and you become rich. Good for you. But what I'm talking about is, hey, man, like I, I, I wish, you know, some kind of miracle happens and you start thinking about some other stuff that can really change for the world. You know, if you could invest that money instead of investing that money into anti-aging therapies or making humans immortal or going to space for about six minutes, how about you use that money towards, not, the, not everything that you own, but towards ending poverty in the world, you know, for finding uh, funding research to help us find a cure for cancer, something like that, which would make a difference. So these ideas, you know, um, for billionaires out there, don't go to space for six minutes. You've not traveled. You're not an astronaut. You just gone there and wasted your money, wasted your time, uh, like doing nothing, you know. But whatever it is, talking about, uh, talking about billionaires and the wealthy, uh, this reminds me of uh, this uh, bit, you know, uh, this uh, bit by Jim Carrey. Not a bit, basically. So Jim Carrey was on the D David Letterman's uh, late night show. And uh, so David Letterman on the show asked him, uh, so, you know, Jim Carrey was uh, not a rich guy. He was poor, a Canadian. He was poor. You know, he came from being really poor to... Uh, a a big star today, you know. Uh, he has everything, but you know. So uh, David Letterman, this host of the show, he asked him, uh, like, uh, what is the difference? Like, you know, you, you, like Jim Carrey, you've seen, you've seen, you know what it is being poor and now you're wealthy. So what is the difference between being poor and wealthy? So I want you to listen to this. This is Jim Carrey on the David Letterman's late night show, and this was Jim Carrey's response, which is hilarious. Listen to it here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking there, you're talking about the magazine articles and about and about money and stuff. And I know for uh, maybe this hasn't been your experience, but for my experience and that of many other men and women in stand-up comedy, they work for years and years and years, literally just making pennies. And then all of a sudden you hit it big and your paychecks increase uh, enormously. Yeah. And and is that uh, any kind of pressure, any kind of problem for you? Do you? I, I'm I'm. I'm completely all right with that. It's it, it's just it's, it seems to have uh, <laughs> I seem to have relaxed into it nicely. Now uh, I uh, 
it's a bit of pressure. I, I noticed that it changes you in little ways. Like, it's changed the way I laugh at parties. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to go, I used to go, ha, <laughs> ha, that's really funny. You know, now I go, oh! <laughs> Because you know you're wealthy, is that very wealthy? And yeah. that, that's that's, odd. that's how wealthy people laugh. I wouldn't have known. <laughs> <laughs> looks like you're a dime a dozen. I <laughs> that is that was really funny you know so that was a bit uh where jim carrey you know he was kind of of course making fun he's uh he's a comedian so uh, i like that bit where he talks about uh, how wealthy people laugh and that is actually real you know you've we've got parties and we've kind of uh been at places and i've kind of actually noticed it wealthy people really laugh like that <laughs> you know that kind of a thing so uh, that bit is really funny and so true. So I picked up uh, Jeff Bezos, the way he laughs. And that's also on YouTube. And that's so funny. And it's real. That's Jeff Bezos actually laughing, which I want to play right away. This is, uh, this is a minute of Jeff Bezos laughing, you know, as a wealthy man. And you'd see that it's exactly the way Jim Carrey says that wealthy people laugh. So here it is. Ah. <laughs> on dot com look tiny <laughs> that was really funny actually you know if you look at it it's like exactly the same ha 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 let's play it again uh, one sec that's Jeff Bezos laughing okay when he went from a millionaire to a billionaire <laughs> Jeff Bezos the great and I have nothing against him like I keep saying you know hey man the guy's rich good for you but hey you know think about better projects to really fund which could really help earth you know it would really help people anyways there was another since we're talking about space uh, there was another there was another space mission called the Inspiration4 mission which was an old civilian space space mission with no billionaires uh, on board, just common people selected. There were four people, two men and two women. One was a commander, one acted as a pilot, one was a medical officer, and one was a mission specialist. So there were four people on board. Uh, and this was something unique because it was not a six minutes journey. It was an entire 
three days uh, project so uh, an internet um, and it was uh, it was it was it it went to the highest altitude so it went in orbit with the crew which orbited the earth for about three days um, that was about five, 45 times uh, 15 times a day uh, they went around uh, around the sun around the earth sorry they went around the earth for about 15 times a day in those three days that that's around 45 times they uh, went around the earth and uh, so that's the difference and that was the beauty and the difference between the inspiration for mission that is the old civilian space mission and the difference between the billionaires like Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson who went for about six minutes you know into space not into orbit so that's a difference and that's why I appreciate the inspiration for mission because it really went out there um, uh, and these these four people who were on board were actually became astronauts, which was worth it because they were there for three days. So as per my rule uh, of, uh, you know, uh, the rule that whether you visited the place or not of having breakfast, lunch and dinner, that's my rule. You know, you can't say if you visited a place until you've at least had breakfast, lunch and dinner there. And that's what happened with uh, with the Inspiration4 crew. Four civilians, three days. So they had all those three meals that I'm talking about. The highest, they went into orbit. So the highest altitude of around 575 kilometers from Earth. And they were the highest because even the International Space Station is 420 uh, kilometers from Earth. And the Hubble telescope, which is also in space, is about 540 kilometers from Earth. So the inspiration for was the highest, which made a big difference. Other than that, what is exciting about uh, uh, this inspiration for mission, which is uh, an Elon Musk project, the SpaceX project, is different. Is um, Elon Musk was not there; he's a billionaire, just like Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson are billionaires. Elon Musk was a billionaire, but he didn't go into space. He allowed civilians to go into space for three days into the highest altitude orbit. Besides that, the four of them, uh, they they collected around $200 million for kids with cancer uh, to St. Jude's Hospital, which was, which was another big thing. So they didn't just go to space to kind of enjoy and say, have the money, you know, I'll put my spacecraft and I'll go up there and have some fun and stuff like that. No, they didn't do that. You know, they went up and they got $200 million. They raised $200 million for kids with cancer, which was given to St. Jude Hospital, which provides free treatment for children, which is so good. You know, they don't, they don't get, the children who go there don't get a medical bill. Um, so, uh, and the, the crew, the entire crew were trained, well-trained. Like, I love, uh, I was like, uh, of course, rooting for all four of them. But my favorite was Dr. Cyan Proctor, who was on that mission. Uh, she's a geologist. Uh, she She's a geologist. Uh, she's an explorer. She's a space artist. And now an astronaut after this three-day trip. Uh, basically, her basic background is she's a teacher, you know, of geology geology sustainability and planetary science at the south mountain community college in phoenix arizona and she's been teaching there for 20 years a normal civilian you know with a passion with a dream to really go in space and that's what really happened she, she she's worked all the way up from childhood to now fulfill her dreams uh, to fulfill her dream and she's a fourth african-american to go into space so three of them early and she's a fourth one which is 
which is so good. And I, I really ask you to check out, go to her website. She's Dr. Cyan Proctor, uh, now become an astronaut, but she, she's not an astronaut. They don't have all these four civilians who were on their inspiration formation. They didn't have a background in, um, as an astronaut, they're basically civilians like you and me. Um, and, uh, they su successfully made a splashdown and returned to Earth after the th after three days. Uh, they raised 200 million for uh, children with cancer, which was given to St. Jude Hospital. Um, which, and that's what that that's what I say. You know, that's something that is uh, commendable. It's something that, hey, you know, you guys really did it. You know, it's different from billionaires just going for six minutes and coming, not even going in orbit. That's a difference. So all I want to tell folks like Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, hey guys, I really respect you. Like you're the best. You're a billionaire because of your hard work. You've become a billionaire. I agree. I respect that. But hey man, don't use all that money to go six minutes into space. You know, you could use that money to do better or like Jeff Bezos does. You know, he invests in anti-aging uh, therapies or uh, fighting a disease that he, uh, which he calls uh, death as a disease, you know, making humans immortal. Those kind of projects are like, yeah, what the hell, you know, support projects of put your, put your money into projects like funding can uh, research for ending cancer, like finding a cure for cancer, or end poverty, which is, uh, which is, uh, which exists all across the world. That's something that we really need to get to get over with. Like you know, it has to end no matter what. But let's see. I mean, that's a message to them. Um, hopefully, if. <laughs> If uh, Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson is listening to my podcast, the Just a Nobody podcast, maybe they'll get the message right. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyway, um, that's that's the only message that I had for the guys uh, there. I hope um, they got it, you know. I hope they get the message and they do what is right because we need to end poverty and we need to end cancer. And according to me, I think these two things are so like on top of my mind, like it's 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 killing too many people unnecessarily you know it's taking away or it's uh it's there's a lot of uh, pain you know that comes with these two things um with poverty with cancer not only for the person but for the entire family so hope you know billionaires they use their money for the better of humanity whatever <laughs> anyways good news uh, i just uh, last week i believe i just saw the trailer of um, the james bond movie i'm pretty excited i want to watch the movie probably it's releasing uh, this week this friday um and it's daniel craig's uh, last movie which is no time to die of course uh, he's been a james bond for 15 years playing the character of not not seven in five movies, Casino Royale, Condom Solace, Skyfall, Spectra, and No Time to Die. That's his last movie. And I want to see it because I believe he's a good actor. And I love James Bond movies because, you know, those gadgets and that, the way they, they kind of, the way they make the movies, it's like magic. So I, lo I love uh, James Bond movies. I'm going to see it definitely. Uh, so, of course, what, what is bigger, uh, what was breaking news, though, was 
uh, yeah, No Time to Die is Daniel Craig's last movie. So what happens after he goes? Who's going to be the next James Bond? Um, and if you ask me, it's going to, it has to be Idris Elba. Like that's the guy I'm rooting for. He's good looking. He's got a good personality. He's a charmer. He's, he's, I think he, he has the body of a James Bond. That's how we visualize, you know? So I think according to me and he's African and he's, uh, uh, he's African. Uh, he's got the African ancestry. So, um, so I would definitely root for Idris Elba because we need we need a black James Bond. And I hope that really happens because uh, he looks good. He's a stunner, you know. And uh, he's got the personality to play that role with uh, with charm. And he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, um, because I'm not going to watch James Bond. I just want to say that I'm not going to watch James Bond movies again if they're, gonna, they're not going to have Idris Elba. Because I think change is what everyone's looking for we need we have had all white uh james bond until now and we need to change that you know and i think idris elba is the guy he's the perfect guy at this point in time and i believe uh, the the producers james bond are going to kind of uh, hunt down for the new james bond in 2022 that's next year um uh i think the owners are mgm it's 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 co-ownership by MGM, Dan Jack, and Columbia Pictures. Uh, and I believe MGM is now also owned by the richest man. I mean, it was bought by the richest man in the world. That's Jeff Bezos again. Uh, Amazon owns MGM. Uh, about 50% of James Bond franchise is now owned by Jeff Bezos. Uh, he bought it for about 8.45 billion deal. The billionaire is like a billionaire. He just buys everything, you know. So he has a lot of money uh, and he should use that money for a good thing. But of course, you know, it's good. Uh, you never know, you know, uh, these guys can actually cast Jeff Bezos as a villain because if he laughs like how we just listened to, if he laughs like that, you know, like that, <laughs> like like that. It's on like, tiny. <laughs> like if he laughs like that. Like if Jeff Bezos keeps laughing like that, the guy should be in a in a James Bond movie doing playing a villain. Definitely, I would if I was a if I was a producer of uh, uh, of the James Bond movies, I would request uh, Jeff Bezos to play the villain in that movie because a laugh like this is a winner. <laughs> Like, why wouldn't you make him a, a, a villain? Like, definitely. He owns half of uh, James Bond because he bought MGM for about $8.45 billion. And now he laughs like this as well. So he can play villain of this, uh, of the, the James Bond movie starting next, uh, the next one. And uh, Idris Elba plays the, plays James Bond. 
So I already casted, you know, have the whole cast ready for the next movie. And now I understand and I can imagine why Jeff Bezos is so crazy about staying young and living forever and funding these, uh, what is it called? The humans, uh, uh, the, uh, the, you know, living forever kind of projects because uh, he doesn't have any time to die, you know, no time to die. That's why he funds research like that because and he escapes Earth, uh, Earth for like about six minutes and he funds lab to unlock immortality and stuff like that because dude, man, he has a lot of money. Dude has a lot of money, but I wish he used that money for something, you know, more worthwhile. Uh, another thing, of course, uh, there was a, a lot of talk about having James Bond played by a woman. And for me, that is so laughable. Like this would uh, this would be this would basically be me laughing at that joke of having a woman <laughs> as James Bond. Son, dot com look tiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally that's literally me laughing at the whole theory of having a lady play James Bond. First and foremost, the name of James Bond, he's James. So why do you want a uh, why do you want a lady to play James Bond? First and foremost, like what the hell? Like what are we trying to prove? What is this tokenism? You know, what is this kind of stupidity to uh, to to cast a woman uh, uh like for instance it's so it they want to do you know they want to do things because they can uh, like women for instance they just don't want to do things because uh uh because a man because only uh, a role or a job is done by only men they don't want to do it because of that they do they do whatever they do something because they want to do it you know and this tokenism you know of having uh uh, having a woman, a lady, play uh, James Bond is so stupid. It's so silly. It's just, uh, you know, I'm not talking about feminism. Feminism is a different uh, story altogether. I'm still to understand what feminism is all about. But what I'm trying to say is you don't need a lady playing James Bond because you're not going to call Lady James. Of course you can do it. But hey, man, stop this tokenism. Like, stop the stupidity, you know? How about creating an entire new role for, uh, just like James Bond, an entire new role for a woman to play, which becomes as big as James Bond is, starting today. Maybe it's too late, but it's never too late, you know? Because if we keep saying that, you know, uh, let's have let's have a woman playing James Bond, then Jack and Titanic needs to be played by a woman. Maybe a sequel of uh, the Titanic where Jack is played by a woman. John Wick, the next John Wick uh, sequel, part whatever, part four or five or whatever, the next one should be played by a woman. Nelson Mandela, the documentary, the movie should be uh, played by a woman. If James Bond is going to be a woman, then all these characters need to play, be played by a woman. Mary Poppins, played by a lady, should be played by a man. Lara Croft, which is played by a man, should be played by a lady. All I'm trying to say is, hey man, a woman 
does not want to do something because all men are doing it and a, a, a woman has not done it ever. No, not interested. A woman wants to do something because she can't do it. She's meant to do it. She's good at it. And that's why she gets it. Competitive. Not just because, you know, tokenism, okay, you know, it's not played, so now it has to be played by a woman. Stop that crap. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to uh, touch upon. But I'm excited about James Bond. Like, I'm going to definitely catch that movie. It's releasing this week, right? This Friday. So maybe I think, I won't see first day first. What's it? First show, first day, first show. No, I won't see that. I'll see it uh, sometime next week, probably. I'll go to see the, check out the movie. Let's see how it is. Excited though. I would really love to, you know, um, uh, catch a glimpse of the movie because Dan Craig is good. I love the guy. I mean, he can really act. And wonder what the storyline is uh, this time. Uh, in No Time to Die. No Time to Die. The best. It, the, the title is so good for uh, Jeff Bezos, who's funding immortality projects, you know? Like, so perfect. So damn perfect. You know, so perfect. So perfect. The guy's like, uh, he's something else, you know? Like, literally something else, the guy. I really uh, wonder what he's up to. I saw her today at the reception. A glass of wine in her hand. I knew she was going to meet her connection. At her feet was her footloose man. No, you can't always get what you want. No, you can't always get what you want. No, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometime, you might just find you get what you need. Yeah, that was the Rolling Stones. Uh, you can get what you want. That's a song. That's a song. I love that song because it's so true in life. You don't just don't get what you want, you know. But if you try, sometimes you get what you need. That's the bottom line. So keep trying. Keep trying, my friends. Keep trying. Okay, there's another thing I want to really talk about, and I'm really pissed about, pissed, pissed off about this is the whole concept of calling nations uh, nations developing, developed countries, or countries, developed countries, or developing countries, or emerging economies, ally countries, adversary countries, third world countries, first world countries, that these labels that are, are the, the most powerful country in the world, I'm tired of these labels that every nation is given based on how much money they make. It's so insane. It's so insane. Uh, so my question is, why do you need to categorize 
put these labels on the nations on these nations like um so it's basically you know depending on each of these nations it's classified based on the healthcare that they give free education free housing zero poverty good public transportation or whatever you know there are different factors that really uh, are accounted for based on home based on which you know these nations get the titles but all i want to say is that say for instance you know we are talking about a dev- developed country a rich country the most powerful country is really rich has all the money you know and developed countries like western nations are developed nations um and uh, so you like countries uh, countries like um africa asia latin america are classified as developing countries right and uh, europe northern america japan australia and new zealand are classified as developed nations so the rest 159 countries are developing countries now this is totally based on different factors like they accounted for you know what is the healthcare the poverty uh housing employment education life expectancy in these nations and human development but all i'm trying to say is you just have you just have like uh, you just have europe northern america japan australia new zealand as developed countries and the rest 159 countries are classified as developing so my question is you have a developed country out here so do you say that the entire there's no poverty in that particular country which is not true it's not true uh, say for instance the united states it's a huge country rich money a lot of money economy is good gdp whatever all that is good but there are pockets there are places in the united states where people are poor there's poverty there so how do you really classify these countries as rich countries if not everyone is getting to enjoy that richness you know so so that's why i'm just so pissed off with these uh, titles that nations are given uh, which doesn't really uh, make any sense you know and the pandemic i believe has opened our eyes to this disparity of the developed and developing world not every developed country not every place in a developed country is fully developed is rich not every place in a developing country is poor because there are a number of billionaires even in poor countries so this classification just doesn't make sense of course thank goodness you know once upon a time many years back nations were classified as third world countries and first world countries which were like hey that's racism you know those were racist words but of course thank goodness those terminologies are no longer used because uh those were terminologies that oppressors would usually used to control the oppressed and uh so that's 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 all that i want to talk about and you know for instance let me give you an example uh so we have uh, in the 21st century there is no science behind the clarification of this for example the un uh the un actually started for instance south korea is the 12th biggest economy in the world okay south korea is the 12th biggest economy in the world 
So how is it still classified as a developing country? Its per capita income actually has doubled in the past two decades, but still it has been classified as a developing country. China, which is one of the largest manufacturers and exporters of the world today, is still classified as a developing country, which really makes no sense. You know, it really makes no sense. For example, Singapore has the highest per capita income than the U.S. has a higher per capita per per cap higher per capita income than the U.S. So how is it still classified as a developing country? For example, Malaysia is classified as in the same category as Malawi. But in reality, the two have completely different economies altogether. For example, Malaysia equals the U.S. economy, not Malawi. So, how can you just classify Malaysia the same as Malawi, which is really poor, and Malaysia is has a per capita, uh, has an economy just like the United States, but still Malaysia is a developing country. Singapore is a developing country, which makes no sense. You know that's because uh, nay, the, uh, whoever you, the UN or whoever used these terminologies to classify countries, they've calculated that based on based on an average income of a country. You know when you calculate the income of a country based on an average, it looks good. But if these same nations who are classified as developed country is calculated on an individual basis, the entire calculation would go wrong. You know, for instance, not all Americans have an average income of the U.S., which is sixty-eight thousand per annum. That's the average income of the United States, sixty-eight thousand per annum. But not everyone in America gets that salary. Now, the, the average income of China is ninety thousand yuan, but not every Chinese, or not every person working in China, gets that average salary. You know, so based on that, it is better to calculate uh, on the income on an individual basis than an average basis, because the average can really be misleading. And that's all that I want to say. You know, that these terminologies of developed, developing countries, based on these factors. Just doesn't make sense because there are pockets, or places in the developed countries that are really poor, so they're just going to be ignored. You know, they're always going to be ignored because you keep saying, "You know, I'm rich. We're rich. We're rich countries. You know, we have everything." So those pockets of poverty there just ignored. Same way in the developing world, they say everyone's poor. You know. Um, those people are poor. They are,、uh, you know, and then、uh, you just stereotype people living there as ignorant, backward, irresponsible. You know, throwing the whole of Africa, Asia, Latin America as developing countries and calling them backward, ignorant, irresponsible. But do you know, guys? Even in the developing world, there are billionaires. So. Uh, that's all that I'm saying. This whole labeling of countries as developing and developed should be just crapped off because it just doesn't make sense in today's 
in today's world, in today's world order. Um, that's all that I want to say. You can't always get what you want. I want this. I want this. I, what I want is the whole label of developing and developed world needs to just go off because the world has changed. The pandemic has opened our eyes to the, the whole thing, you know? So, you know, I'm just saying to myself, Merle, you can't always get what you want. No, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, and that's why I'm trying on this podcast to say that, might just get what we need. Yeah, you never know through this podcast. I'm just trying, you know, to tell Jeff Bezos that, hey, man, use your money to uh, fund uh, cancer research. Use your money to end poverty. I'm trying to tell all the billionaires to do that. And uh, I'm telling uh, the United Nations and all these uh, these huge international organizations that, hey, man, we don't need to have these labels on nations as developing and developed countries and just kind of uh, it's it's racist and it's groupism, and it doesn't make sense in the real world. We need to change. The world orders change, you know. So we need to look at it differently. And that's that's what I'm trying. I'm trying sometimes, you know, to reach out to the people that I want to reach. You can't always get what you want. Honey, 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 honey. Right, so... uh Right, on the last note, I just have one more thing that I want to talk about. Uh, yesterday, actually, it was two days back, I think I came across this organization and I'm really excited uh, about how uh, Bento, it's called the Bento Organization, which is a, which is uh, an application. Uh, Bento is an application that uses SMS text messaging to connect people with convenient, nutritious, prepaid meals from nearby restaurants so that's what this organization that i'm talking about technology of course it uses technology sms based but i love the way technology is so is used so correctly now we all know food is a basic human right no one on this earth no matter what you're earning whether you're rich whether you're poor uh whether you have the money where you don't have money food is something Every one of us all over the world should just get it. And if you can't pay for it, you just get it. Because if you're not putting food in your stomach, you can't function. You'll not be able to work. You'll not be able to study. You'll not be able to do anything. So food is a basic human right for survival, basically. Uh, And, uh, but... No matter whether you're in a developing country or a developed country, there is food insecurity all around, insecure, insecurity all around the world, you know. Uh, so, so, um, and one day, oh, like, you know, I keep saying billionaires need to fund, end poverty, to end poverty, use the money to end poverty because uh, the, uh, this hunger, Hunger is a very important part of poverty, which will help us end poverty. And that's why it's a global goal class, zero hunger. Now, food should not depend on whether you have an income or whether you you work 
or whether you don't have an income it's a fuel for our body you know no matter what you should get it and uh, so until you know like i keep talking about the universal basic income yes i think universal basic income is something that everyone should get no whether you're rich or whether you're poor whether you're developing country undeveloped country or an emerging economy or whatever every human being needs to get a human a universal basic income a universal human income so that which takes which takes care of your basic needs like living expenses because you're your human being you're not going to live on the on the streets you're going to live under a roof you're a human being you need to fuel need food to eat so you get basic food which will take care of the universal basic income or the universal human income will take care of your human needs of food so these th- two things are so basic and i think every government around the world should provide for a universal income but until of course that is taken care of they work their way out um there is this organization bento which i was talking about which has uh, done such a fabulous job used te- technology so correctly it wants to tackle food insecurity now the organization it teams up with organiz- with other organizations companies and cities and healthcare plans and governments um and then uh, so after ties up with these uh, with these organization that basically sponsors food Bento identifies people in need of uh, food support. Now Bento is this uh, SMS text company. So it identifies people in the in uh, need of food support and then they connect people that they have identified with food uh with with these nearby restaurants, you know, by connecting them with uh, nutritious free meals from nearby restaurants. So there's no stigma associated with them. You know, people who need food, they don't need to stand in a line. They just go and collect food at these nearby restaurants as takeout. Takeout order. So just like, you know, we uh, people order food and they go and uh, pick up uh pick up the food, same way people in need who are uh there is food insecure and people who need food and can't afford it, they don't have to stand in lines to get the food. This Bento app uh connects these people with nearby restaurants and all they need to do is just kind of go and pick up their food at these takeout orders so a breakfast lunch or dinner is um, kind of served meals are paid by grants and donations and bento is currently working on this formula in 12 cities in the united states uh alone uh, now united states is a developing is a developed country you know it's rich it's fat the most powerful country in the world but even in the united states one in five people are food insecure they don't have food to eat that accounts for 60 million people who have turned to food food banks in uh last year that's uh and even globally 2020 2.3 billion people do not have enough food as per Uh, the calculations in 2020 anything the pandemic has aggravated this entire situation uh so bento is an app that basically connects these people with nearby restaurants um for food you know you go pick up your food for free you don't need to pay for it and these meals are paid by grants and uh, donations which is so good like you know i love this organization organization so much bento so uh, they're using they currently started this project in 12 cities in the US where people just kind of text them 
and through these messages and they get a kind of a text back saying you can go and collect your food pick up your food from this particular restaurant or whatever so they're going to make this uh, service available all over the united states and uh, and then go global which i'm really excited about because if something's really working well in one city or in one nation or in one uh, state you know you got to take it all over the world because everyone should benefit from you got to scale up you know if everyone should benefit from a good thing that's happening anywhere in the world it's global go global so uh so i'm really excited about it because it's going to make a big difference so go check out bento it's their website is uh gobento.com and uh for governments outside the us community organizations outside the us healthcare organizations outside the us you can reach out to bento if you want to kind of start or tie up uh with these guys because uh they have huge partners like you know um and uh i saw this i i heard about bento from the world economic forum the wef which is a renowned organization an international organization so bento is a genuine organization and uh you can send them an email at partner@gobento.com uh and their twitter handle is at @text bento which is brilliant and i got this information i'm just repeating i got this information from the world economic forum who are kind of promoting bento's work which is so good bento's b e n t o um so i'm so happy about this organization because uh, hunger is a part of poverty you know we can bring it down to zero hunger through applications like this through technology you know make a big difference without stigmatizing people that is so important uh right so that's all that i had for this week which i'm really excited about doing like it's almost a month now since i've recorded an episode uh and i'm happy that i finally did it um uh, but before i go i want to play uh the song and then uh, i'll be on the other side yeah so this is uh, the rolling stones you can't always get what you want here it is play a little bit about this and i'll be on the other side uh and don't and uh, before i go uh, don't forget i just want to thank each one of you to really for really listening to my podcast i really appreciate it because i always say it's so difficult to really hit the play button even when i'm listening to somebody else's podcast i have to make sure that yes you know it's worth a while It's like I'm putting my time I'm listening to it I'm putting some time there uh, it's going to be worthwhile and that's why I listen to it as I want you know so thank you guys for listening don't forget to write to me at justanobodypodcast@gmail.com that's my email address of course you can drop a text you can drop a message on my twitter handle as well I do read it sometimes and thank you guys so much for listening but I'll be on the side of the song uh so stay tuned That 
that you can't always get what you want, honey. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, well, you might just find that you might just I went to the Chelsea drugstore to get your prescription fear. I was standing in line with Mr. Jimmy, and man, he looked pretty ill. We decided that we would have a soda, my favorite flavor. Cherry red. I sing my song to my friend Mr. Jimmy, and he said one word to me, and that was dead. That was Mick Jagger. Love the way he moves, man. I really love it. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Until next time, baby. Bye, 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 bye.